Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leadership Podcast with Pete Scazzaro. Pete is the founding and senior pastor of New Life Fellowship Church in Queens in New York City. New Life is a church community with people from over 73 nations. Pete is also the best-selling author of the Emotionally Healthy Church, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and the Daily Office Devotion. Thanks for tuning in to the Emotionally Healthy Leadership Podcast. My name is Rich Velotis. I'm the Associate Lead Pastor at New Life Fellowship in Queens. And I'm again here with Pete Scazzaro. Pete is the founder and senior pastor of New Life Fellowship in Queens, New York City. He's been the pastor for 26 years here and um, has served New Life, which is a church with folks from over 73 nations. Pete is also the best-selling author of The Emotionally Healthy Church, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and The Daily Office Devotional Book. All of these uh, resources and more can be found on a few websites, PeteScazzaro.com and EmotionallyHealthy.org, as well as NewLifeFellowship.org. Now, today, Pete, we're going to talk about an issue in leadership that, again, uh, in my own leadership, in my own readings, uh, tends to get overlooked. Uh, we're going to talk about the issue of projection and transference in leadership. And so uh, this is potentially a landmine for many pastors and leaders, if not uh, addressed and not made aware of. And so let's start with just a basic question. Uh, what is projection? What is transference? Um, in your own research, in your own studies, uh, and how's that, have you seen it work out in your own leadership? Yeah, well, projection and transference is not usually happen. It happens every, to every pastor and leader. Uh, there are no exceptions. Most of the time, we're unaware of it. So what that refers to projection and transference is, say, for example, so I'm now, uh, I'm now the boss. I'm now the senior leader of the church. I'm now providing direction. And so at that point, if I'm people's pastor and leader, uh, and, and on top of that, if I'm their boss, uh, they're now, whatever authority issues or whatever issues were unresolved in their family of origin mm -hmm. are going to eventually come up in this relationship. Just like it always comes up in marriage relationships. You're reworking a lot of your family of origin material. Well, the second place it comes out is the workplace. And so, so say, for example, uh, uh, a person had a... Uh, so, okay, I, I, was, I was very unaware most of my leadership years of how people saw me. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, I'm just a regular guy. I'm like you. We're brothers in Christ. But they didn't see me that way. Folks did not see me that way. And so sometimes I, they'd be, I get, I get an, an un, uh, a reaction that was disproportionate to the situation. Mm. And whether it was passive-aggressive anger, whether it was people uh, cutting me off. Uh, and so, for example, when I, I remember I, when I would say something negative or a healthy critique to a staff that we had many years ago, she would be devastated on a level that was, I, I, it was just, it was beyond what I would mm -hmm. do. I give her 10 positives. <laughs> I very carefully craft the one area where I think she could improve, but that would be enough to take her into a nosedive. And, oh, Pete killed me. Oh my gosh, he crushed me. And so, you know, basically, um, I'd be like, what's the problem here? And then I attributed the spiritual warfare. But again, I was unconscious, I was unaware of the fact that she was coming from a very difficult relationship with her own dad. Mm. And even though she wasn't far from my age, she was projecting onto me an authority, a kind of a, almost like another father figure, that it wasn't 
an equal relationship. There was a lot of dynamics going on. So once I became aware of that, it was it was it was huge. So when I I, I actually eventually let this woman go mm. from her job, and actually from that one position and tried to move her into another position, but I couldn't even move her to another position because she was so devastated by the fact that I had actually said this position's not working for you anymore. Mm. You need to move to another position. Uh, it was just it was crushing, mm. and it was very irrational. So. Um, that's one example. A second example where a lot of pastors get, get caught up on is, uh, of projection is that they think we're wonderful, especially, so I'm a, I'm a male, so, you know, a young, attractive woman may think I'm like Jesus incarnate and falls in love, you know, sees me preaching and thinks this guy is incredible, he's every man I ever, he's, he's the epitome of every man I've ever dreamed of. She sees none of my flaws. Mm. All she sees is my best moment of preaching. And so over time, she creates this image of me that is just not real. And so she then is coming on to me, perhaps. That's transferring. She's transferring to me this idealized picture. Mm. People idealize authority, folks. That's dangerous, because they idealize you. It's only a matter of time. When they find out you're not the ideal, they're going to hate you. <laughs> and so that's why it's very bad to be idealized. And so say, for example, this happens to pastors or in the office, the woman basically is like flirting. And then counter-transference, because I have unresolved issues, my mom never said I love you. I wasn't getting all this affirmation growing up. And now I got, and my wife is complaining that I'm not home on time and I'm not cooking. And, and then I got this woman here in the office thinks I'm God and loving me. And so then I counter transference. She's meeting all my unmet needs. And before you know it, they're in an affair. Happens like in a moment. Mm. But it's all unconscious material from the family of origin and genogram. So projection and transference is happening all the time in churches and all the time on staff teams. And it's especially happening to folks who are in authority. And even it can be a volunteer authority person mm. over in the usher's ministry. But once you're in an authority position, if folks are unaware, and most folks are, and have unresolved material from their family growing up, which most, most folks do, there's going to be projection and transference. So it's safe to say that this is happening in every church, on <laughs> uh, every staff, um, throughout the country, maybe throughout the world. In terms of... Uh, a lot of the stuff you just talked about that you had no control over. You have no control over somebody yes. else's projection on you. Yes. And so you're left in that kind of position where no matter what you do, um, this is out of your control. But is there any way forward in terms of creating a particular culture um, within a church, within a staff, within a team, that the issues of projection and transference can be Addressed, not necessarily solved or extinguished, but is there a particular culture that can be created that projection and transference is just doesn't have the weight of the being unaware yeah. of? Yeah, I don't think you can. You cannot eliminate that reality, and you cannot eliminate some of the consequences of that reality. But you can at least minimize it mm-hmm. and minimize the damage. So. For example, I was sloppy in the early years with comments. I was sloppy with meetings with people. I was not clear about the dual relationships I was in. I'm your friend. I'm your pastor. I'm your mentor. What is it? And that was expecting way too much from people to be able to, for them to move through those different roles. Uh, that was very unrealistic. I think the biggest thing is, for say you, Rich, now as you're stepping into the lead pastor position, is the awareness and the thoughtfulness and carefulness of your relationships 
and you're observing impact. You're observing when people are overreacting. And you're leveraging other relationships. Like I think right now, as I'm, I'm not in your role, you're now the, the people's employer here at New Life. The staff are looking, you're hiring and firing all the staff, I'm not. And so I'm finding myself able to come alongside staff and help them think through approaching you on difficult issues mm. where uh, they're not projecting on you unresolved stuff. We have staff right now that I am helping work through their projection and transference with you. Because right now, Rich is uh, leading all the staff, and Rich is going to become the lead pastor as of October 6th. But right now, he's running the entire staff team. So I'm like, I'm out of that role with the staff. And so now, it's been so interesting to me to be out of the role, and now coming alongside staff as they prepare to interact with you as the authority figure. And so I've had now a couple of interactions with staff. One uh, person that you were transitioning that was very mad at you. Mm. And multiple conversations. Uh, there was a lot of projection going on, a lot of transference towards you going on. And what's interesting is uh, the age gap. It doesn't matter that you're younger. The point is you're now in a position. And it's almost like people see you as an it, not a, a thou, a person. And uh, it was multiple conversations to help her come to you in a mature way. But she needed a coach to do it, uh, someone neutral on the side. And same thing with another person recently that is going to be meeting with you, that there was a little tone of voice that I just could feel the kind of a, it had a zing to it towards you. And it wasn't, we were talking about the issue at hand, it was mm. transitioning her role as well, but it had a zing, kind of a, a, a little bit of an attacking feel to it. And I just said to her, I said, you know, when you say that, I feel like there's an anger behind it. There's energy behind that's negative. And so I said, is there, is that, where is that coming from? Is, that, is there anything in your family of origin that reminds you of this kind of a need to be rebellious or need to, to make a point like, hey, I'm mm. going to do my thing. You're not, not going to tell me what to do. And she immediately said, absolutely. Mm. And so she was able to go home and journal about it and really felt it was God coming to her. And we came back and reviewed it a second time, and she was like, I, I got it. And she thanked me. Hmm. And so we reviewed again, how are you going to approach it? And she practiced it with me, and it was, it was clean. It was really nice hmm. because she, I feel like, got rid of her projection to you as an it. It's able to come as, a, as an adult-to-adult -adult conversation, ask for some things, listen, able to listen to you. But that question to ask her, does it, does it remind you of anything from your family of origin growing up? Now, fortunately, she's reflective enough yeah. to actually have listened to me and thought about it. But I think you could not have said that to her. It would have been more difficult in the middle of the heat of a meeting of supervision. Yeah. So with that, let's, let's how about two more questions here and we'll just combine them here and we'll end it. One is, um, I'm grateful. First of all, I'm in a great position to have someone like you that most pastors do not have that other person to come alongside and coach and help people work through their own issues of projection and transference. What do you say to the pastor who's listening right now? And what do you say to me as well? What, uh, you know, you're not, you know, you're traveling overseas. And let's say, you know, wh where is Pete? I can't get a hold of Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I need him to intercept this. And, and you're not available. Or to the pastor who doesn't even have this. What do you yes. say to that person dealing with issues of projection and transference in their own leadership? Well, I think number one is, you're very self-aware. I think that's number one, that you're, cons you're consistently aware of your own triggers 
internally and slowing down to monitor that. But I think secondly is you want to find a board member or a deacon or a mature friend mm. who can do that on your behalf. I, over the years, did have one or two people in our, on our church staff, one was personnel committee, that I would ask to meet with people on the side. Mm. But then what happened was they, they got projection too because they were the personnel committee. So the ideal is find one or two mature people that can serve you in that role. And I think most churches have them. Uh, and I do want to get them on a journey of all this material, but they, they don't have to be, you know, on staff. They don't have to be an elder, deacon, but someone mature enough. And I, I would work on that. But I think the most important thing is you're doing some thought about systems thinking. You're learning something about family systems, this whole understanding of projection and transference. So you're just very, very aware of it and sensitive to it. That's going to be 90%. Mm. It, it, you don't need me around all the time. I'm just, to me, I see it as discipling moments, mentoring mm. moments for people. Um, I think you'd get through it fine. These aren't crisis situations here, at least at New Life at this point. I think when I was unaware, they were crisis situations. Mm. They, they were. But my advice to give you know, some of our, our listeners is, I, I think, doing, that's why going back to go forward, you know, doing this kind of genogram your family stuff, um, there are so many levels to it. Uh, but I had two wise mentors of mine say to me, be careful who you hire, uh, you want to find out about their relationship with their, with their father and that that was a good relationship because it's going to come out in the workplace. And I'd never really thought about it that clearly before. Uh, and as I thought about it, I, I have seen it over and over again. So I think helping people go back and resolve their family of origin issues as much as they possibly can mm. always bears fruit in the workplace mm. as well as it bears fruits in marriages. Well, that's great. Well, um, Pete, thanks for your, your time here. It's very clarifying perspective. And I'm sure you're very happy right now that you're not receiving as much projection That's at this awesome. moment. <laughs> awesome, Rich. In my prayers, my friend. <laughs> so um, uh, for those of you who like more information on uh, leadership and emotionally healthy leadership at that, you can tune into our uh, podcast or visit our website, emotionallyhealthy.org, pizzagazero.com, or visit us at newlifefellowship.org. Uh, you can also uh, get information on Emotionally Healthy Skills so 2.0, which is available on our website. And so uh, if you'd like more resources there, you can reach us there. Well, Pete, thanks again uh, for our conversation. Look forward to the next time. Thank you.